1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that order in today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because baby, there's no time like the present. Especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, zero dollar delivery fee with a free Uber One membership.
0: On time, ped
1: tie, baby.
0: On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19, 2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at 9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. ubercom one for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum apply Good evening, welcome along.
1: Still watching Germany? Why? Well, they're beating England, so what are you doing? And I said watching Germany there, because surely you can't be watching England. I mean, it's just like watching Leicester. It's time! Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris <laughs> and Leicester I
0: Die TV on YouTube. And your favourite podcasts.
1: Everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. All right, Chris? All right, there. Welcome along. How the devil are we all? Yes, it is Germany 1, England 0, or England 0, Germany 1, to, to, to be 100% correct, which means at the moment the table is Italy a first with 11 points, Hungary are second with 10, Germany are third with 9, and we've got two. We've got two points because, <laughs> literally, it's one more than Leicester. Good evening, Owen. How the devil are you, sir?
0: How you doing, UK? You okay?
1: Yeah, not so bad. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, normally when you have a you have an international break, you think great. You know, forget forget the worries of the league at the moment. And I don't
0: know,
1: <laughs> whether have they have been watching? You know, taking a leaf out of Brendan's tactics book.
0: <laughs> um, I watched. Uh, I, sorry, I listened to the game the other night against Italy, and uh, it left uh, a lot to be desired. I think, and uh, and tonight I think it's uh, it's it's the same again. So it's, it's a tough one now, and that's gonna it's gonna be problematic for England, isn't it? Being in the being relegated out of the top tier of the Nations League is gonna make it hard for us to qualify for for Euro. Well, not hard, but a little bit more difficult than we normally get. Well, in in fairness, just before we come on to Leicester, I mean, I mean. I actually
1: like the Nations League because if we weren't playing Italy, Germany, Hungary, and and uh, in, uh, in this, we'd probably be playing San Marino, Andorra, Luxembourg. In yeah, the exactly. So I, I do get that, and if it makes the um, it makes it sort of harder for us to qualify, good because at the moment, again, you know, if we don't get out of these qualifying groups that we're in. Which are absolutely ridiculous. Then we don't deserve to even have a national team. So if we're in a harder group, I mean, you're 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 a young you know you're a young lad. You will remember sort of uh, I don't think who was manager, but we had to play Italy. Uh, Glenn Hoddle was manager, and we had mm. to play Italy, and they gave blood. And I don't know whether we didn't whether we had to then go off and qualify um, on a playoff or whatever. But it, you know, we were actually playing Italy in the same group. It made it exciting.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with you. I think international football has long been um, has long been you know boring. I think it's fair to say. And you, you you mentioned those those kind of names: San Marino, Andorra, um, and and those kind of teams don't really test England. And then you look at the, the amount of goals Harry Kane has scored for England against those kind of countries, and it's not takes a little bit away from it whereas this is this is a clearly tougher tests and mm. i think um I, I think clearly after this world cup there's going to have to be a discussion around gareth southgate and the manager because um i think as with everything chris you know things come to end of a cycle yeah. and uh and <laughs> they think, certainly I do bar a bar a miraculous tournament in uh in qatar i think uh, this might just be that
1: it could and i mean it it so reminds me because I I I've supported Gareth. I said you know everybody's wanted him out. They don't like the way he plays, but he's got us to a World Cup semi. He got us to a Euros final. You know, we're further than we've ever been before. If you like, you know, mm. probably our second or third best ever manager. But now it goes, it's going wrong. But then I'm looking at Leicester, and last season I I. Stuck by Rogers, I said, you know, all these injuries, it's not his fault. Finishing eighth and getting to a European semi-final with the injuries he had, to me, was an absolutely amazing... You know, what he did was amazing. You know, uh, probably did better than, you know, Pep winning the league. But again, this season, it's all gone a little bit tits up, hasn't it? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean that's that's certainly one way to put it. I think, mate, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been difficult. I think we can all we can all sit here and agree it's been really difficult um, for Leicester this season, and it, it's it's even difficult to kind of put your your finger on exactly why that is the case. And I, and that that's something that when I've been thinking about it is actually um, it, it it's quite correlates quite well with you know all the games that Leicester lose. And in the whole time under Brendan Rodgers, I don't think that there's been too many where you can go. It was because of that—that that one thing that happened—and yeah. um, I think maybe you know, e- even in the even in the Europa Conference League semi-final against Roma, yes, there was the the key point about Ricardo, Mark, and Tammy Abraham that should never have happened. But there was just something not right about Leicester on that night. They just we didn't sh- we didn't see what they nor- we normally see from Leicester, and I think that was. You know, the same with a lot of the, the performances from last season, with the season before. Every time Leicester lose, it's really difficult to exactly put your finger on on why that is the case. Um, but either way, they got to f- they got to find out exactly what it is. Because um, because if you look at the next five games coming up and if Leicester is still in that, it's still struggling after that, then... I mean, I, I actually... We are, we're going to have to start talking about it.
1: I know we are, unfortunately, we are. Having said that true red that just popped up then mm-hmm. he's a he's an, a a forest fan, and we actually we, we can't banter each other because we're both as bad as each other at the moment. I actually did the uh, the England Watch Along uh, against Italy. I actually did with a forest fan. I said, "You know, my hands across the ocean, what have you. you know, Israel and Palestine maybe can't get together, but Forest and Leicester can. Mm-hmm. And we'd agreed that we were not going to talk. About Leicester Forest was going to talk about England the game was so boring that we just ended up talking about Leicester and Forest all game but I mean what Brendan came in and I mean the finger does point at Brendan a lot because he's the manager you know and and you can say I mean there was the famous for me when I lost it when you know, we lost to you know I think we lost to, to West Ham you know, he changed Vestergaard in the ninety-third minute to a corner, and, and uh. but when he came in, this was how we were seen to be playing under Puel, and he got exciting football back. He got Jamie Vardy into the team, and the ball was getting to him. And now it seems to have gone totally
0: backwards. Yeah, I mean, when, when I think, and it's when you look across Brendan's whole career, um, it's very. It's very clear to see that when he arrives at a football club, when he arrives with a new team, um, <clears throat> that you're going to get a real reaction. And and clearly, you know, speaking to people in and around the club, speaking to people in the in the women's setup as well, when when they first joined up with Leicester City, he provided some really in depth uh, sort of presentations about how he wants the team to play. He provided mm-hmm. these these. Just that kind of, you could, you can see the Jose Mourinho kind of style, tactics, cards he was handing around and all all those different kind of things. Um, And clearly you get that initial reaction, but then it's difficult afterwards to see, you know, where, where kind of Brendan goes from there on. And, you know, this is the longest he's ever been at a football club, more than, more than at Celtic, more than at Liverpool, more than at Swansea. And this is kind of uncharted waters for him. And he's got to find... This is probably the biggest test of of his managerial career is is finding a way out of this mire, finding a way out of this mess and being able to coach the side, manage the side, manage the club, the expectations, the fans all at once to pull this team that should be nowhere near the bottom of the table, off the bottom of the table and, and back into the top half of the Premier League because that is where Leicester City... Will be aiming to finish every single year. They want to be challenging the hierarchy of the Premier League. That, that they are—they are the instructions set out by the club. And at the moment, they are so far away from doing that.
1: I mean, I like I say, I I I, I was behind him last season. Ant, who you have just seen there, uh, good evening, Ant. Um, he is Roger's biggest critic. So God knows what he's going to say in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just can't. I, I, I just look at it and think, like you say, this is the team, plus a couple of extras, minus Wesley fana that won the FA Cup. Uh, you know, this is the team that got to fifth twice. And all right, you take into into play, you know, barring a, you know, Chilwell's toenail and a VAR decision, we may not have won the FA Cup. And had Tottenham and, and, and Arsenal been like they are this season, we may not have got fifth. But the fact of the matter is, we did and we know we're not a man united but we should be with these players in that top half and you did say it was uncharted territory for for brendan maybe that's because of a reason liverpool fans all said to us third season syndrome
0: with brendan it'll go downhill yeah it's um it's it's really difficult it's really difficult because as i said before you know this is probably his biggest his biggest challenge as a manager to to pull a side full of quality like this. And, you know, he was talking after the, when I interviewed him after the Brighton game and I was, and he was explaining that there wasn't enough quality inside and, and, and things like that. And I, and I said, look, this is the same team virtually bar one or two that won the FA Cup, as you say, won the community shield, finished mm-hmm. fifth place twice back to back and then got to the semi-final of a European competition for the first time ever and managed to finish eighth in a season that was totally decimated by injuries. <clears throat> so when you consider all of that, you know, this side is, is clearly, I think we can all agree Without Wesley Fofana, the defense is, the defense is a little bit weakened, yeah. but it's still a top 10 side. It's still a top half Premier League side. And with if they had managed to go out and strengthen this summer, maybe even, um, a little bit more than that. It's 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 so bizarre about where Leicester find themselves at this moment in time. Um and and it's uncharted territory not only for Brendan but for the club as well. I mean I know we I know the, the club were there in the 2014-15 season, the greatest escape season, but there seems to be something a little bit different about that then. That the fans seem to be on the whole backing the manager at that point. And I don't really get that feeling. Now no. I, I don't I don't get the feeling that, that the fans believe that this can be turned around and, and that's why all the odds are stacked against Brendan to do this now and he mm. will want to um I, after speaking to him for the, the amount of time that we've had he will want to prove people wrong and I mean let's all hope that he does Chris let's all hope oh, yeah. that he does, it's gonna be I a right to challenge he has you know um he
1: has got a lot to prove. He is going to earn his money. So I just say Germany have gone two 0 up now. Um, yeah, the first one was a penalty apparently, but uh, yeah, Havertz has just scored. <laughs> you wouldn't, wouldn't you just know it? Uh, but you know he, you see him in press conferences, and he isn't the most animated manager on the pitch. You know the most exciting he gets is is applauding. The players, that's about as far as excitement goes for him. But he, he and I know this is I've noticed some of the questions now are starting to change, but I guess he's getting asked the same type of question, just in different ways a lot of the time, by by you know, by different journalists. And but he just seemed disinterested. It's it's like, oh god, I don't really want to be here anymore.
0: Yeah, well, um, as you say, you know, I was talking to someone else actually, and I think, um, I think I've, I speak to Brendan more than I speak to some of my mates, which is, uh, which kind of shows you how often the press conferences and things are, but um, he is, and I think I've, I've pretty much listened um, to every single press conference that Brendan Rogers has done whilst he's been at Leicester, either by sitting in the room or listening to it afterwards and editing it, whatever it is. And he, even when they were doing really well never got too up never got too down and he's mm. always kind of in that middle and he talks about that being a really good space to be in for you know in professional football um and because, you know, it's it's when you win, it, you, you can you can get too high and then you become complacent. Yeah. When you lose, you can feel like you're down and then it's really difficult to get out of that. And he talks about that middle ground being the kind of perfect place to be. And he really does embody that. Um, but things seem to, his press conferences seem to have, to have changed. We, we sat down with him um, for an exclusive interview on, on Radio Lester in the summer. And it was the first kind of, interview that he'd done and he he talked a lot about a lot of different things and i was really surprised how open he was and it was perhaps the most open he'd been about lots of different things and i think that's only kind of increased and now he's being more open than ever in every single press conference it's more here's details about the club this is what this is the thinking behind it and i think that is i think that's great um for the fans and for you know for for people like us, Chris, who have to talk about Leicester, <laughs> it's, it's much better to to know exactly what what's going on. And Brendan outlays that really well. Um, but it does feel different, you know. The the talking about players at times feels different. We were talking about it on the football forum tonight, and about how you know talk. I asked him after the Manchester United game about why Charles Sugunchu wasn't played at centre half instead of Ndidi, and he said. He's been nowhere near the level, not in training, not in matches. And I just and I just thought this is this feels strange. This feels different that Brendan's talking about his players in that kind of way. Um, it, it's it's hard. It must be hard being a Premier League manager. And I heard Jordan on the show a little earlier on, he was talking about how he's the only person who speaks at the club. And he is, he is the the voice, he is the face of Leicester City. And the mm. questions, the questions have to change because I can't turn up to a presser and ask the same questions to Brendan week <laughs> in week out, because he's only going to give the same answer. So it's about trying to find an, a new way of, of asking about a similar subject. And that becomes.
1: I mean, nothing, you, were talk, you were talking, you were about the great escape year and I had a season ticket that, that, that particular season. And as you know, I live on the South coast. So it was like a mm. seven and a half hour return journey every week to see us lose again, or every other week. So to see us lose again, but. The players, and as Ant alluded to, then the players, we weren't getting stuffed six two, five, two, four, twos. It was two ones, one nils. The players, you felt like the players would go on that pitch, and they were putting in a performance. These players, you, you, I don't feel that. You know, I don't feel that they are now. Whether that's down to Brendan or England have got one back. Um, so that's uh, that. Obviously, not playing like Leicester now. <laughs> but yeah i do, i i don't like you said there is a different feel about it those players would die for for nigel pearson and i just wonder whether brendan might just be starting to lose the the the, the players a little bit lose the dressing room
0: it is i i always feel that that phrase is really interesting that losing the dressing room about how that can happen um and how it happens, and how players act when you you see, and, and sometimes it's clear as day to see, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you only have to look at any of the sides managed by Jose Mourinho, and you see, uh, you see what it is like when he comes to the end of his his tenure, and all of a sudden he looks about fifteen to twenty years older than he actually yeah. is, <laughs> um, and then he rocks up at his new club and he looks about twenty years old again. It's ridiculous, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, it, when I talk to the players and I see the players coming out of the dressing room. Um, they all seem to have a similar feeling about what's going on, and, and all of that is based around the fact that they believe in Brendan and they believe in the game plan, and it's not too far away, and it will come. All they've got to do is keep to keep keep working, and I think they take I think they take a lot of accountability for the form that we've seen from Leicester. I personally don't think Brendan has in, you know lost the dressing yeah. room. I think I think he has the support of the players. But one thing I, I don't think, and we were, as I say, we were talking about this on the Football Forum tonight and Matt Piper was saying about how sometimes you can, and he had personal experience with this, sometimes you feel like I'm backing the manager, I like what he's doing, but there's, there's no trust in selection. And that's because um there are some players that will know that if they're fit, they start. And Leicester only have maybe one or two, max three of those at the moment. You're talking yeah. about Johnny Evans and James Madison and at a push, maybe Danny Ward. Um, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about him at some point yes, as well. Yes. The, uh, the, the in- incredible nature of it is is that I'm not sure the Brendan knows what, what his best 11 is at the moment or, or perhaps even the best formation. Is it a three at the back? Is it a four at the back? And and sometimes that trust parts of saying can be lost in the manager when it comes to that, despite you know, really agreeing with uh, with 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 what he's doing.
1: Yeah. England have just pulled one back to Mason Mounts, which is now two two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Southgate, you want to come to Leicester? (laughs)
0: All is forgiven.
1: Yeah. The thing is though, it's like How long has he been here with the same players, like we were saying, and yet we're saying maybe he doesn't know his best 11? And I do feel like Nigel, we know he wasn't particularly brilliant at press conferences. (laughs) you got YouTube to prove that. But he he would defend his players. And it was the phrase that Jordan used earlier about throwing players under the bus. I've seen tonight that he's come out and said maybe it was the wrong decision to, to, to play Ward. Well, what's Ward going to think, you know, looking at that? He's saying to Soyuncu, he's not good enough. And then he's also saying he doesn't want to um, He doesn't want to play players that don't want to be at the club. And yet Tillemans is starting every bloody game. Surely he's been there long enough to know what his best formation is, know what the
0: players can do for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and I totally hear, hear that, Chris. I mean... As you say, he's, he's been at Leicester what best part of two and uh, three and a half years now, yeah. um, and and that that's a long that's a long time to to be a manager at a football club, especially when you know he he's spoken about how the refresh needed to be made because it was a because the, the it was the, the cycle of the players had come to an end and that it's or you always need to refresh it because it had been the majority same group of the players for so long, yeah. um. But I think the, clearly something's not working tactically, which is for me, which is the, the issue. That there's there's something not quite right in there, which is leaving Leicester wide open, and I don't know what it is because they've they've been playing this four at the back formation with these inverted fullbacks, which theoretically shouldn't um, theoretically they sh- they shouldn't. O- being overrun in midfield, it may leave you with a two centre-halves or with, a, with a cent- two centre-halves and a fullback. But then you've also got this extra man in midfield and Wilfred Ndidi being in there and clearly his form has fallen off a cliff. But theoretically, they shouldn't be getting overrun. So why is that? What's happening elsewhere? Because something is not right. And, you know, regardless of whether you think it's a three at the back a four at the back. Whether they should, whether Vardy should play, whether he shouldn't play, whether it should be Daka, Ian Acho, Barnes. Doesn't matter. They're bottom of the table. They have got one yeah. point from seven. They've conceded twenty-two goals in seven games. Something is not right. The
1: worst ever by a Premier League team. Uh, unfortunately, um, does he have his favourites? He seems to.
0: Um. Well, I think I think I think certainly Johnny Evans. James Madison and Yuri Tillemans are, are are players that you can pretty much guarantee. And he's spoken glowingly about about them, perhaps more than anyone, including um, including Jamie Vardy as well. Um, but but when you look at Vardy's form at this moment in time, it's it's difficult, isn't it, to look at. To look at him and, and and think about where that next goal is coming from. And he's been he's been out of favor to Dacker at points this season. But Johnny Evans is obviously that rock at the back of the defense. Yuri Tillemans, he's spoken about as you know, a, a, a captain and spoken about him as like a coach on the pitch and the really, really important player for Leicester. And James Madison is perhaps Leicester's best player. I think I would certainly yeah. say he was at the yeah. moment, and he talks about him being one of the best in the Premier League 15 times a season, however many it is. Uh, I think I think those three, but I think they're warranted. I, I, what, what, do you, what do you think? I don't think Tillemans is, to be
1: honest with you, because for me, yeah, Evans, we, we know, even if it's Soyuncu and Evans, he always played better when Evans was there, you know, mm. and a lot of people, I just want to say Andreas there, just wants to say thank you to yourself. Uh, You've been a great help to hear directly from Brendan what's happening. So, uh, Andrea says, thank you. Thank you. very Uh, much. For me, a lot of people say, including Craig, my my co-host on a lot of shows, that he's not an Evans fan and he's slow and he doesn't clear the ball. But I think he's, he's got that experience rather than just hoof it. He tries to, he he takes the time to look and see what he can do with it. Madison's been our best player. Yeah. He should be in the England squad, but that's another argument. Um, Jamie Vardy is a a difficult one because he's not getting into the game. Mm. The way that we're setting up, he's out there, up there on his own, and he doesn't – and I'm just going to go back to to, to a point that Ant made and what you said. He is almost a contradiction because we did so well when you had Vardy and Inacho together. It was forced upon him. Inacho ended up being the top scorer that season. Next season, he went back to one up front. It's obviously not working at the moment because we're not getting the ball to him. Um, and as Ant says there, you know, what, what do you make of Inaccio's treatment? Because I, I'm surprised he's not knocking on the door saying, come on, play me or, or let me go.
0: He's such a weird player, isn't he? And mm. he's such a confidence player as well. I mean, you just see what happens when... He gets put into a side, um, not not last season, season before and the, the, the FA Cup winning season when he finished the club's top goal scorer. And he just ran rampant, didn't he? Almost single-handedly yeah. got Leicester to the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, struggles last season, doesn't really seem to get anywhere near the the, the team and is used a bit more as an impact player. Um, once everyone was kind of fit again, and Leicester reverted back because they were playing a, th- a three at the back, weren't they, for for a yeah. long period of time? And then yeah. once they revert back to a four at the back formation, it's difficult to fit Ian Acho into that because clearly the, he, he he struggles to play as a number nine. He yeah. struggles to play as the kind of last the last man. He can't he can't he, really move between the centre that, backs. Yeah. He can't he yeah. can't preoccupy them as as well as a player like. Uh, Dakar or Vardy could because he doesn't have that really real scary pace that defenders have to really keep an eye on him and he's more pick the ball up Um, and and that's why I think he's thrived so much when he's played alongside Dakar because they play as a two and they play really well together I, I think it's it's a waste at the moment of a real real finisher and a real real cutting edge and if Leicester are going to start to real, really pick up points, I, I think you've got to be looking at Ian actually And I think you've got to be saying to him, because obviously he's a confidence player. You've got to be saying to him, right, you're starting the next five games. <clears throat> I need this many goals from you. I believe you can do it. And really just empower him to go out there and play. Because when, when he's on, wow, what a player. But when he's off, and he, he doesn't get the credit I don't think, myself. because
1: he's a great link-up between the midfield and either Vardy or Dakar. And, you know, I think we know that Vardy and Dakar are going to be, one of them or the other is going to be 60 minutes and one of them is going to be probably 30 minutes, you know. But he, I, I just think he is totally and utterly wasted. But then it's often said stubborn and Brendan are two words that you often find in the same sentence. Um, Sherry's asking here, do you think Casper leaving has had an impact? Do you think he should have left? I've got my opinions on it, which you probably know if you saw the show earlier. What are your <laughs> thoughts on Casper leaving?
0: I, I think um, there was a lot of fans last season who were talking about Casper and saying that it was time <clears throat> to move Casper Schmeichel on from the football club, and they were talking about his distribution from goal kicks. And hey, let's all hold our hands up. His distribution from goal kicks wasn't the best at times and um sometimes he'd nail it and it was unbelievable and then other times it was just straight out of play shanked out the way but one thing i think we've clearly obviously seen this season is that people massively underestimated the effect that he had on the accountability of the players and as the club captain for what he won what he did the way he held himself the way he acted the power he held in that dressing room i don't think you could you could have thrown anyone in there that you know wouldn't have respected casper for for what for what he'd done and to to for him to to have left leicester city left a huge hole not just in the in an incredible shot stopper but um a huge hole in the dressing room and that is that is so hard to fill. And I I don't think, and this is not his fault, but Danny Ward's not that character. He's not the same kind of character from what I've seen on the pitch that will hold players to account in the same way that that Kasper Schmeichel did. And I think that is is a huge miss for Leicester. And I I don't know about you, Chris, but if you could uh, reverse the clock, a couple of months and keep Casper Schmeichel at the football club. I certainly would be pushing that button.
1: I don't know, you see. Uh, I'm just saying, England are now three two up. Talk about the comebacks of comebacks. Wow. A, a penalty there. I'm just having a look where it puts. Uh, I'm not sure what group we I think, are we in group L? Um. We've kind of gone off the, the, the screen. Anyway, with it doesn't matter. We're down anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but what a comeback. What a comeback. It's even more nice when it's against the Germans or the Argentinians, isn't it? But yeah, for me, at the, start, at the start of the season, um, we did a keep-lone-sell thing. I wanted him to go because, yes, I was one of his critics last season. I don't think he, he commanded the box. And I don't think you can keep a player on just... Because, and I appreciate what you're saying, you know, he did have that commanding voice. I don't like captains as um, uh, uh, goalkeepers as captains anyway. Uh, I think you need an outfield player for that. And I did want Ward to step up and then Iverson to step up. And all right, we brought. Smith is in, <laughs> God knows where, what he's like. Um, the number two, I'm guessing, but I mean, Ant says here, um, cast believing was not the mistake replacing him with Ward was. I mean, to my mind, Ward's had one uh, sorry, Iverson's had one good um game this season, it was against a fourth tier team who had four shots and he saved a couple of penalties, which Ward quite often did in the, in, in the cups as mm-hmm. well. I just I mean, he did want a longer contract. And I just, looking at him last season, is it Ward's fault? We you know we said earlier we we're going to come on, on to that. I mean, would you be starting? And again, Brendan's come out today and said, well, you know, I might have got it wrong about the keepers. And then my number one's going to be. He, he seems to be throwing everybody under the bus because he never heard Pearson come out very rarely and, and have a go at the players. What must
0: Ward be thinking? Well, a penny for his thoughts, eh? I mean, he um he has waited so long for this opportunity and it's finally presented itself and it couldn't have gone any worse, could it, so far?
1: So,
0: um for, for Danny Ward. I think I hear your point about the the commanding of the box from from Casper, although I do think there were other um there were other players at fault for, for that kind of thing, for for continuing to you know, to to defend in that kind of way. And no one was really being aggressive to go and head the ball. And Casper wasn't a big goalkeeper, so he can't dominate the box like other goalkeepers can. However, I think looking at some of the goals this season, I think Casper saves some of them, you know. I think he at least gets fingertips to some of them. You know, I, I think back to Brentford on the opening day of the season when Josh De Silva scored their second. And I thought, I, I looked at the replay and I just thought, I think Casper saves it or at least gets something like it. Danny Ward didn't even move. And that's what you miss. That's what I think Leicester are missing this season. You're getting a keeper who's bigger, stronger in the air, certainly, but you're missing that shot stopper, that real, real top quality shot stopper, which was by far and away Casper's best on-field attribute. Um, and... You just don't have that. You just don't have that now. And, yeah. and and when you look at some of the goals, I think you can look at that. Although I, I think it's interesting that Brendan's talking about it. it I've, not, I've not seen the story. I've not seen the quotes. But if that is true about him talking about his goalkeeper situation, I I've asked him about it earlier on in the season. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, do, does there come a point where you have to look at the goalkeeper situation and consider a change taking Danny Ward out of that kind of firing line and he said no (laughs) pretty much and he said I've always said that Danny Ward was always the number one goalkeeper at this football club along like we had had two number ones last year is what he said and I thought okay fine I mean that's 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 clearly settled it I think Daniel Everson perhaps would have been the starting goalkeeper this season had he not made some horror errors in pre-season. I mean, that Nuts County one where he came out, oh, the one yes. against Ohh Leuven, he would have stood much more of a chance to be starting in at least some of these games this so far this season, had he not made those those uh, mistakes, I think.
1: And do you think... I mean, it's not just... I mean, that's one example. It's 3-3 now, by the way. <laughs> so, the game I decided not to cover, I and mean, it's six goals. But... I just think like, you know, he said about all, oh, you know, certain players that he named should be you know, looking for other clubs and now they've not, so he's got to try and get them back. He, he, he seems to blame everybody, but Brendan?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think clearly he is a man who really believes in what he does and really studies the, the game and really studies his own tactics clearly and he often talks about getting their first first one there in the morning last one out turning the lights off on the way out of seagrave and and I, I, i i believe i do believe that but that there there has to be a point where you look at what you're implementing i think in any any business any walk of life if something's not working then you have to you have to I mean if we if if at radio Leicester we were getting no listeners for the football forum I think you know yeah. you have to look at what you're doing yes um, yeah. and you, and you have to you have to reevaluate that especially you know if things start dropping off you have to do that um and he still s- clearly seems to think that the the reason why Leicester are not are, are not performing is because he, the players are not doing what he's Asking them to do, or the players aren't showing the quality that they need to to play the system that he wants to play, or they're making silly mistakes. That I mean, some of the goals, I mean, some of the games this season, I don't think we can necessarily blame Brendan for because he there's only so much he can control from the sideline. You know, if if when Wilfred Ndidi gives that ball away against Spurs for the Bentaker goal, there's not a great deal that yeah. Brendan can do about that. But so when you look at, at the West Ham game last season,
1: bringing Vestergaard on in the ninety-second minute, <laughs> yeah. uh, to defend, uh, just as about to, West Ham were about to take a corner, that you can blame him for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, only bringing two substitutes on when we were allowed five, and then complaining that the players were tired, um, then saying, "Well, you know, we've got one of the you know the youngest squads, the inexperienced squads, whatever." Well, we then get beaten two-one by a team that. 10 of the squad that turned up against Southampton were in the squad that beat them 9-0. And to my mind, for me, Brendan as the manager, and it's a manager in whatever business, you know, I mean, I've been a manager in sales, and I can't just go out and say, that person isn't selling very well, he's got to go and get somebody else in. You, know, you can't do that at, That's always at work. And like you said with the listeners, if he was as good a manager as people say he is, he should be able to get the best out of the players he's got. And yeah. stop trying to change them and play to their strengths rather than trying to get them to play to what he thinks they should be playing to.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I feel like it's a bit of a perfect storm at the minute, isn't it? There's um, there's so many there's so many things that are going wrong at the same time. You know, the, mm. the club weren't able to shift those players this summer. So there was no money no space in the squad to reinvest and to bring in players that were needed because you know, even if leicester say leicester had 100 million 150 million 200 million to spend it doesn't matter they had no space in the squad so they can't spend it yes exactly. and they only got space in the squad after selling for farna mm-hmm. um, then you've got you know injuries at the start of the season that kind of killed the tactical elements that brendan had worked on um in in pre-season you've got um Everything you've just you've just talked about, you know, you've got a, a manager who wanted a refresh, didn't get one, publicly called out the, the kind of and talked about the the state of the financial state of the club, and has publicly thrown players under the bus. Yeah, but then you've also got players, you know, speaking out, and it, it's it's a real, real difficult blend of stuff that was that, that's happening at Leicester at the moment, and it really has just created this perfect storm.
1: It is like it literally, like you say. It, 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 if anything could go wrong, it can. It has gone wrong. Yeah. I, I want and I asked Jordan this earlier. So, I want, but I am interested in everybody's view on this because in top, I totally trust. Let me just say that, right? You know what he has done for this club is absolutely amazing, and and I trust him that he's doing the right thing to make sure we're not going to do a Derby County like you say. You know, we we haven't got any space in the squad. So, we, you know, if we do what, you know, Barcelona do, which is buy players anyway, you're then going to end up, you know, dropping players but still paying their wages because we couldn't move them on. Or we take out the biggest gamble ever in the fact that we could get into Europe and then we end up being like Leeds United, you know, and we've only got to look down the road at Derby and, and their efforts to get in the Premier League. So I think he's done the right thing. But should, should and you you'll know what sort of Jordan said to this, but... I do wonder whether Brendan was hung out a little bit to dry because it was great that Top came out and said what he said about the, the you know the position we were in, but he left it until deadline day, the Man United game. By which time Brendan had had to say, "Look, I can't buy anybody until you know I sell," and that's as I say he might as well have put up a huge you know fire sale sign outside the stadium.
0: Yeah. Um finances at football clubs are really weird you know you don't we're not gonna we're not actually going to see these accounts for maybe another year year and a yeah. half you know it, it's it, it's difficult to look at them um, as and when they're happening and you can only really look back in hindsight and <laughs> and see them yeah. which which makes it really difficult to talk about them um our or, or, or my understanding was that the whole summer that this is sheerly down to squad size yeah you know, the the club are creating a sustainable model and that has been the directive from the hierarchy of the club the board on top that the club needs to be sustainable to stop it it imploding financially like some of the clubs that you've just mentioned like derby and leeds mm. and to do that you know you've you've got to be working with the within a means and a budget that cannot be overstepped and this is this is the way that they're taking this, and how far they're taking this sustainable model, Chris. Is that at the new training ground at Seagrave, they've got a vegetable patch that grow the vegetables that go in the players' dinners, and you know the herbs and stuff like yeah. that. Mate, it's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. There's there's kind of moss growing on the walls inside inside the inside the training ground to you know really help with the airflow and create the inside. It, it's it's outrageous, the whole place. Yeah. They're even growing their own veg to put in the players' dinners. And and that just shows you the kind of sustainable mm. level that Leicester want to go mm. down It wants to be a, a self-sustaining football club. They've got solar panels all over that dome. Um, mm. So it, it is only right that when you're looking at that sustainable model, that you look at the player wages, which are inflated too, too high. You've got players like Yannick Vestergaard on a reported... 75,000 pounds a week now. Whoever signed that off, it, it, it's just <laughs> incredible, it's ridiculous. Because, especially when Brendan came out in his last press conference and talked about how Yannick Vestergaard knew he was coming in as a backup yeah. center back, so you're coming in as a backup center back, but you're paying him 75 grand a week. Was that a panic buy though? Because of what had happened to Fofana? perhaps, perhaps it was a, a panic buy, but I think Leicester were probably earmarking bringing in another, another center half already but yeah. you know you, you've got squad size that was that was already too big and that's why they moved on you know youngsters like Callum Wright who left to go and play at Blackpool on a permanent deal I think that surprised a few people you had um you, you had Casper leaving with Smithies being being brought in it didn't help that Wesley Fofana was over the age of 21 or like he was like born 3 months yeah. too late and and was yeah. two months 3 months too early and was and was now counted as a as a squad player, and not an under twenty one player, and that's a problem they're going to have with Luke Thomas next year as well. Yeah, of so, yeah. um, the, the, you can't leave players out of the squad. They did that, and they got stung with that by Pappy, with Papi Mendy last season in the Premier League in the first half of the season. And all of a sudden, I mean, he only signed a three year contract a year or two ago. He's going to be what. I think it would be fair to suggest fifty to sixty, somewhere between forty and sixty yeah. grand a week. I think it's it's probably yeah. fair for a three year deal for a player like that. So you, you, all of a sudden, you're looking at that much money every week being paid to a player who cannot play. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. So that they're what they've made mistakes financially, and now they're trying to make sure and build the squad so that that doesn't happen again. But that takes I knew, time. What do you think that was that down time. to? Well, as I, in, don't, as I in, don't think it was top, surely.
1: He wouldn't have been in... Or would he have been in that sort of negotiation like saying, well, yeah, you
0: can pay this? Uh, I, I, I I doubt I doubt top would have been involved in, in no. sort of contract negotiations. I think that would more be with the recruitment side of things. Um, Leicester, I mean, it could have been... Lee Congerton before he left to go to Atalanta. Um, Brendan Rogers is obviously, it it would be part of that, you know, sort of player recruitment process, but I'm not sure whether he would be the man sat down with a pen and paper going, here's the contract for 75,000 pounds a week. Just sign here, Yannick. Um, uh, John Rudkin would have certainly been involved. I would expect. I was going to say he he
1: gets the he never gets the credit when we seem to sign a great player, but he always gets the uh, the bullets when we buy you know something goes
0: wrong. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like it, it, John. John, I've 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 spoken to John a couple of times. Him and he was uh, he was Matt Piper's coach. When he was younger um, in the in the academy squad, so sometimes when we're walking and into the same entrance at a stadium and they, them to have a bit of a chat, and I, I he's I know a, a guy who, as you rightly say, has has brought in and over- overseen the recruitment and not just the recruitment. Clearly, as the director of football, he'll be doing much more than that. But he's overseen a incredibly successful period at Leicester City. Granted, there have been some shocking signings, but what what club hasn't made? Bad signings yeah. over, over over the over the last mm-hmm. ten years or so, and I think he gets so much undue criticism compared mm-hmm. to the to to the stuff that you don't see maybe him doing um, uh, that, that's actually helping or, and has helped the club an awful lot. But that doesn't excuse whoever signed off on the seventy five thousand yeah. pounds for for Yannick Vestergaard and, and mm-hmm. similar money for similar players who are not playing in this Leicester side and not contributing at the moment.
1: And do you think that the club sh- they seem to be drifting away from the fans? I mean, I I'm actually right, fully enough, right now for the BBC on the website on the Leicester City page, mm. um, and obviously I see I see you you pop up there all the time. But every Tuesday I write the Tuesday talking point, and I just wonder whether that this was a club that was so close with its fans, and yet now, and I'm not saying. That, uh, and this was something that Jordan accused me of, and I'm not saying that they should be coming out and commenting on every single rumour all the time. But, you know, us as fans were stood there saying, and I'll use this as an example, Um, why the hell did... Who who signed off on getting a new um, head of recruitment that can't start another recruitment windows o- over? Who the hell? Who's been stupid enough to do that? But it wouldn't have mattered because we couldn't bring anybody in anyway. So... Mm-hmm. If somebody, like I say, had just come out and maybe said that, the fans, I think, would be more understanding of the position we are in.
0: The 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 saga with Martin Glover is is so strange, and um, Rob Rob Tanner covered that really well for the Athletic, and. Um, and and was able to get some some really good sort of inside scoops on on exactly what was happening but yeah. um the 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 whole thing with him not being able to arrive until september the first was uh southampton it wasn't yes. it wasn't anyone yeah. at leicester and um, but the reason they're so keen to get martin glover in is because of his creativity in the transfer market and his ability to work in markets that that are very different to yeah. where the rest of the clubs are are looking and he's able to do that and we, we've we've seen in his time at Southampton the, the kind of players that he's signed yeah. and he I was speaking to the, one of the Southampton reporters and apparently he's really creative in the way that he negotiates deals and to get the best for the but not just the player but the club as well and, and to work it out that way and to make deals happen by hook or by crook, in in some mm. way within the budget that he set, which is a lot smaller at Southampton than he would be able to be given at Leicester yes. City. So, and and he's really well connected throughout the game as well, which is maybe another reason why Leicester might want to bring someone like that in because they're already struggling to get rid of their players. I I, I totally get as to why he, that he was chosen, mm. but because
1: you know nothing was said. And it wasn't just, I think it was the fact that you said earlier about the perfect storm, you know, there was that, oh, he can't join till the transfer windows closed, you know, like, what is a transfer, head of recruitment? And then, oh, we've got this new, um, new set-piece coach, and he's going to have his work cut out, isn't he? But, oh, he, he can't come in because we can't get him a visa. And mm. it's all one thing on top of the other that, that, that you wouldn't normally question. You know, like, oh, yeah, okay, so you can get a visa. Yeah, we know what it's like now because of Brexit and what have you, but putting everything together and it's it's, it's just yeah. been one hell of an awful, awful summer.
0: It is, it is. Um, but one thing I will say on Martin Glover is that him n- n- arrived where, whenever he would have arrived, um, would not have affected the plans for this summer, was, exactly, our, yeah. was our understanding at, at Radio Leicester that. Um, that actually that the, the club work several transfer windows in front of where they are so martin glover coming in now probably won't even be looking at i mean clearly he'll be looking at what the club have got planned for next summer but the kind of targets that they will have the, and the list of players that they will want to go out and potentially see if they're available the players they want to move on will all be will, will be almost decided by by this point already for maybe this summer and the January transfer window of uh, what are we now, 2022? So probably 2024 is they're, they're looking into the summer of 2024 before you know they're, they're looking. So I, I don't think that Martin Glover arriving at the club late would have changed a single thing in this transfer window.
1: I don't think it would, because obviously you know we didn't anyways. But I just, like I said, I just think it's this sort of. Like, you know, if only fans had known, then we couldn't... But, the, the, I mean, we're still being linked with players in in the upcoming January window. But unless things change, it's going to be no different then, is it?
0: Yeah, no, it won't be. It won't be. Unless unless Leicester can move on, players like Yannick Vestergaard, players like Soyuncu, players like Dennis Pratt, players like Papi Mendy, if they can secure a, a, a permanent fee for Hamza Chowdhury then excellent and that perhaps is is the job that Martin Glover's got to do now yeah because they'll have a list of players that they that they want to they want to go for and it's going to be his job as the head of recruitment to be able to 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 move on the players to create the squad and create the funds in order to be able to to bring new faces to the football club but it's more difficult when you're bottom of the table and it's more difficult when you're in a relegation fight because why would a top tier player risk coming to a side that, that may be in a real chance of, of relegation this season. Not that Leicester are on now, but if they're still in this kind of trouble come January time, then that's certainly when we have to start talking about that. You, you
1: mentioned the him who doesn't seem to get mentioned an awful lot and is a player that Leicester fans love, and that's Dennis Pratt. Now, you had two players that we were trying to get rid of, Dennis Pratt and um Sumare there were two players that that I think believe we we were looking to move out and both players actually said we don't want to move we want to stop and, and fight for our place and men because of the form of um indeed Sumari got his break if you like and I think has, has played reasonably well despite the results i don't think he's done a bad job at all but Dennis Pratt, what is it? He said he wants to stop; that he doesn't want to go. Telemans is playing awful in a lot of games. Not every game, but in a lot of games. And Pratt comes on for—is it twenty minutes against Arsenal, which is <laughs> like hanging him out to dry again? Why? Why doesn't? Why isn't Dennis Pratt getting the chance?
0: Well, I mean, he started against Chelsea, didn't he, mm. Dennis Pratt? And I thought he played really? all right. And I think he's—he's. Um, yes. he's... Industrious and clearly doesn't have the quality of someone like uh, like James Madison or or something like that, but is an international player. Yeah. You know, is played more than 15, 20 times for his country, I think, and 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 has certainly has quality. And I think we saw that in his in his first season, didn't we? In his first season, in mm. a bit where you know, he, I remember that goal he scored against Burnley from from the edge of the oh. box in the in the COVID mm. what in the COVID games, and when he absolutely mm. rifled that one and. He he clearly has the quality now. Dennis and his family never actually really settled that well in Leicester, which yeah. and he came from Italy, so they went back to Italy for the loan spell. But uh, the, there couldn't be an, an agreement reached um, with the club. He was at to, to to move there permanently, and and similarly with uh, Monaco, um, Sumare was was ready to go to Monaco, and you know they were they were really deep in. In, uh, in, in negotiations and it was Sumaro who had a change of heart and and said that he didn't want to leave his Leicester City story as it was just after one season and he wanted to fight for his space. And I agree with you. I think Sumare is a really good player. Yes. He, he plays really well in that kind of, he's a little bit of a six, he's a little bit of an eight, but he transitions the ball so much quicker um, when when in possession. But his biggest problem is out of possession. He does yeah. not run enough. He does not run hard enough. He does not follow his his runners. He doesn't track his runners and misses out on the on the on the third man run. He doesn't see it happening around him, and he's just not quite got that pace, that that speed, and for the for the Premier League where that's concerned. So he needs to improve on that. As for why Dennis Pratt isn't getting the the look in at the moment, I'm I'm not sure. But as you said earlier in the show, Chris, you know um, Brendan Rodgers is running out of of options. Here. He's running out of of options and, and running out of players to turn to. And at some point, all of these players are clearly going to get a go. But I wonder whether consistency maybe is the is the best way to move forward now.
1: He's he, he sounding more and more like, you know, when, you, when you've when got managers like, say, the Norwich manager or the Watford manager while he's still there. <laughs> that when they're fighting relegation, they're saying, they're saying, I mean, Watford have got rid of the manager before us. I mean, that was that was never in doubt, I guess. You no. Know? no. But, no. Um, I mean, you know, it, people are saying, well, he's got credit in the bank for winning us the FA Cup and winning us the Community Shield and getting us the fifth twice. Like I say, I, I obviously love him for that, but we were a Chilwell toenail through... You know, not winning the FA Cup and who knows what would have happened. But Rodgers' last six games, one nil, drawn one, lost six. And we sat at 20th. Now, I just want to compare that to Claudio Ranieri. Because he had, to my mind, probably a lot more credit in the bank because winning the Premier League was the better thing, I think, than winning the FA Cup. His last seven games were 1-1, drawn one, lost five. And that includes Champions League teams. Sat in seventeenth place, and he was got rid of. Yeah. And yet, with, yeah. with three, you know, three places worse off. Actually, you know, we were even in the relegation zone when when Ranieri went. When Rodgers is still there, like I can say in a worse position, and, and he hasn't gone. Is it the fact that you know we can't afford to sack him?
0: Well, I think. There was, I remember there was a graph that did the line, and it was talked about how much managers were being paid, and I don't think it was entirely accurate. But that yeah. Rogers, you know, is is handsomely play, paid at Leicester. I think, yeah, that that much is clear. Is um, our big, biggest ever
1: paid manager, isn't? Yeah, he? Yeah,
0: like, yeah, he, he will, I'm sure, be on more than some of some of his squad is um, yeah. and 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 that's that's rare for for a club like Leicester to to be in that kind of position. I think you know, and we, we I, I, I sort of talked about this story on our boot room program last week, and I and I put a tweet out that people seem to um, uh, to, to jump on and uh, and have a lot of opinions about, even though it was just me doing my job, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and 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 that was that that Brendan does have that kind of credit in the bank at the moment, and he does have um, the the. The, the chance to turn this around. And that is because I think, A, the, the the achievements that he's had, but also because of the investment in him as a manager. Now, Leicester have rewarded Brendan with a big new contract a couple, just a couple of years ago for five years. Um, B, 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 he's one of the top paid managers in the Premier League now. They've invested and backed him in the transfer market. every single Every single market, really, bar the the one that's just been and that and that is for reasons that you know were were a little out of Brendan's and the club's control. They couldn't really yeah. they can't they couldn't get rid of those players so they couldn't yeah. buy anyone in. But the summer before that, they had their biggest ever net spend, and that just tells you about the backing that he's had. So because of that investment of, in him as a manager in in building this squad over the last few years for him for giving him this new contract that They are going to give him the chance, another chance to turn this around. And as we well know, with the likes of Claude Powell last time out, Chris, the, the club liked to give the managers. I mean, think how bad it really got under Claw Powell. I mean, those they were they were some dark days there, but the club persisted until they couldn't go on any further. And I think that's what they're they're doing now. And if he can if if they he can turn it around. It has to be in these uh, in these next five games: Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, Wolves. All yeah. games. If you want to finish where Leicester want to finish. You have to be taking points out of them before that Man City game, and mm-hmm. I think they'll have a they'll have a um, they'll have a target in mind of the number of points that they want from those games, and quite right as well because it needs to be a high target because they, otherwise they'll very quickly find themselves in a relegation battle. But that all starts a week today. Against Nottingham yes. Forest in yeah. the Premier League, and if in, in, if that goes badly, then pff, I mean that stadium will really, really go. If, if we lose against Forest, <sighs> I, don't, I don't. know. I, yeah, I, I you, you've I, made I,
1: you made a very good point there. That and this was my my point is the fact that all what are we going to get from Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, and Wolves on paper? All winnable games, and yeah. then one after that is Man City. Can I see us winning those games under Brendan Rodgers? No, I mean, and I'm not taking into account the Spurs, the Arsenal, the Man United, or the the um, Chelsea results because that that they're going to be tough games, even when we were finishing fifth and what have you. Mm. But the other games, we we should be winning, and if we can't, you know, if we're getting stuffed by Brentford five two. Bournemouth haven't since they lost 9-0, got rid of their manager, they've not lost. And I just think that was the time to do it. Because if we get rid of him after the Wolves game, we could be literally five, well, maybe you know, eight, nine, ten points adrift. Yeah. Now at least we we're, we're catchable.
0: Yeah, and and looking at those games coming up, um Palace, Forest, and Leeds all home games. Mm. Uh, and and you know you've got Bournemouth away from home that clearly you should be winning anyway, and, and Wolves away from home as well, which is always a tough game. Yeah. Um you've got you've got some serious chances to take points there. Real serious chances to take points, and they have to. They, they, they can't afford not to, because all of a sudden then, as you say, you know, you, you are after those five games, 12 games into the season, 12 games into a 38 game season, and if you don't pick up points there, then when are the points gonna come? And all of a sudden, you get into November period, into that November time. You've lost against Man City. You've got, you know, two wins all season. You're in the relegation zone. You're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points adrift from safety. And you're going into that World Cup, coming off the back of it on Boxing Day. And you've got to be looking for points that early on. It it could spell real trouble. So they have to get, they have to, they have to, have to, have to, Chris, get those next five games right. Well,
1: yeah, you said it there. Man City would, would, was the next game, which, like I say, even if we weren't where we are, you've got to say, well, we're probably not going to get much from that game, you know, most of the time, most of the time. And then you've got a really difficult one against Everton. And then you've got Newport County, and I'm sorry. I mean, we know what they've done us once before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you say, you've got the World Cup. And the, those five games are so important. And I don't think, you you alluded to it earlier, If we were losing, but putting up those battles, like I say, that we were putting up in in the Great Escape year, you could kind of say, well, at least we're battling for it. But I I am just so worried about those games that are coming up. And, you know, when I look at Brighton in that second half, it's almost like, well, yeah, Brendan's got a plan B and he's also got a C and D and an E, but the different players seem to be playing different plans and (laughs) they didn't seem to know which plan they were playing. And I just, uh, I, I am worried. I'm not going to lie. I really am worried. You know. But do you do you think Roger will st- Rogers will still be here come the uh, come the World Cup break? Is that the is that the deciding point?
0: I think. I think a lot depends on the not only the results but the performances as well. Because clearly the the hierarchy and the board will want to be seeing signs that this is turning around and not scrappy wins to you know just to 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 keep the club and to keep the uh the players and the manager and the fans just kind of like treading water so I think they'll they'll want to see performances as well um I don't if it carries on like this I don't know if they will be able to take it to uh, to to the World Cup because then you're talking another what is it you got you got a game at the end of October as well and best then time got, uh, it, yeah yeah so you're yeah. talking you're talking best part of ten games before the World Cup mm. at that point in I mean you you you're then <laughs> you could drift you, don't you <laughs> you then you're then 15 to 17 games deep into a season and then you're yeah. in real trouble.
1: And coming back from the World Cup, we've just got a small match of Newcastle and Liverpool. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. You know, Is that six um, points
0: easy.
1: Yeah. It like you say, I, I do think I don't think he will last until that. I did say I say after last season, and I backed him and said, Yeah, he's had the injuries, he's done really well. Uh, to get us what he got us last season. Because not so long ago we'd have bitten your hand off for an eighth place in a European semi-final. Mm. Um and I said, let's give him to the World Cup. But I don't know if, if, if I can, <laughs> to be honest with you. I am. It is like 12, part two of the revenge, isn't it? <laughs> if you quote a film phrase. I'm going I'm to put you on the spot now. If he does go, whenever that may be, um, we don't know. So, you know, there's only one person that knows that. Uh, and I say, whatever he does, I honestly think he would do it for the best interest of the club, 100%. Who would you have come in if he does get rid of uh, Brendan?
0: Oh, what a question.
1: Um and, and I've seen some scary odds on some of the people you, that have been out there. So please don't say Alan Pardew. I mean, <laughs> and Anto was in earlier and I spat my tea out when I was on a show with him and he mentioned this about six weeks ago. He said, Sean Dyche. And i you like, you are joking me. But suddenly, I'm watching him on doing a couple of interviews. <laughs> I'm actually, thinking he's talking sense. But but for you, I mean, for me, it would be Thomas Frank. But whether we could afford him or not. But for who? For yourself?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think what you've got to look at is is not just the manager, right? You've got to be looking at what the club want from a manager. And if, if I mean, clearly, he's not delivering on all of it at the moment. But when you look at Brendan as a gaffer. The things he brings and the things that he will pride himself on are things that Leicester City needs. So you're talking about attacking uh, free-flowing football that he will pride himself on. And we certainly saw that in the first two years of this time at Leicester. Talking about a, a manager who develops youth and, and wants to punch above their weight every single season. And that's what Leicester need they they need to you know recruit well but they need to be growing their own um they need to be trying wanting and trying to disrupt the hierarchy and wanting to punch above their weight and be that underdog that we all know that we can be um and they need they need to do that whilst entertaining the fans and i i sean dyche doesn't fit into those three categories um, for me. And I think, you know, if you're in real dire trouble and you need him to come in and grit the defence up and put on a nasty display, make the grass really long at King Power Stadium so Man City can't yeah. pass the ball around and just go flying into tackles, fine. Sean Dyche is your man. But for what Leicester want and what Leicester need, I, I don't think he is. Thomas Frank is a, is a, is a good shout because he... You know he punches above his weight with with Brentford, and they they recruit really smartly, and a lot of the players are, are are pretty young, and he's good working with them, and the football is good as well, and Brentford fans love him, so he must yeah. be doing something right there. Yeah. Other than that, and Graham Potter would have been a great choice, but obviously he's. He's, I can't uh,
1: believe he's still in the betting. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, maybe I they're
0: thinking by the time Brendan goes, Potter might be struggling at Chelsea. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but you know, there's so many, there's there's so many managers out there, but not too many of them fit the brief for Leicester mm-hmm. City, and so it's difficult. And other than looking at the same old merry-go-round for the managers, yeah, yeah. Like, as you say, Alan Alan Pardew and um, and and Sean Dash, I. I, even, I I did have a quick look at the odds the other day just because I, I find it hilarious and I found what I was looking yeah. for. Even Martin O'Neill still getting linked with yeah. the Leicester manager's job, and he does every single time. But uh, it's yeah. uh, that, that that's that's brilliant. But I, I I don't know. I I think if if Leicester were going to go after one manager in particular, I think the only one that and he's not even available because he's at a club at the moment. The only one in the Premier League, certainly would be Thomas Frank, unless they go abroad and try and find a manager and a rough gem there.
1: Yes, yeah. The only the one one last one that was in the top three, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think Thomas Frank ticks a lot of the boxes for us. Sean Dyche, he would be a stopgap, as in he would put grit back into the team, mm. he would get the players playing, but he's not going to be the long-term manager that we're looking for. Um, but one that everybody is mentioning, and I don't know who'd come to this club, but we certainly wouldn't have to pay uh, a club off because he's not working at the moment. And that's
0: Potticino. Could you ever see him coming to Leicester? Unfinished business. Yeah, perhaps in the Premier League, that the, there may be there may be some there. I, I think one of the key things is that you know he would want a an awful lot of money. Yeah, not only for himself, but he would want backing in the transfer market. And actually, you know, when you look at his Southampton team, yeah, they play, they play good football, but didn't do too well. It wasn't until he went to Spurs and he had, you know, the real players at his disposal to, to put his style on it that he was able to, to, really, to really work with the team. Now, Leicester are a bit of a, a strange club in that, in that argument because they, they kind of sit between Spurs and, and Southampton, don't they? So yeah. he, he perhaps could, could, could do that. But it would be—I would be surprised. I would be surprised if if they went for Pochettino because I just don't think he—he he would fit in the yeah. in the mantra, and I think he would want too much that the club just can't provide at this moment in time. Exactly, exactly. Um, it would be nice to see, but yeah,
1: we've all got a dream. Now, Owen, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. As always. Total pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you for giving up. So this is your personal time. Uh, we'll talk again, I'm sure, sometime during the season. Fingers crossed. It's not talking about how we're going to survive
0: in the second tier. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sure it won't be because I think uh, I think I think Leicester will be will be absolutely fine. So uh, I wish, with, I, had know, I, wish
1: <laughs> I had your confidence. Really You're never too good to go down. We've got to remember that. True. Know. Very true. You know, but anyway, no mate. I really, really do appreciate you coming on and supporting the channel. Thank you very much. Top Take man. care and all the best, mate. And do you ever speak to uh, Ian Stringer at all? Do you talk yeah. to him? Yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do yeah, exactly. my best to him, and I hope he's all right. I know he's at talk sport now, so do give him my best.
0: I will do. I will yeah. do. Brilliant. Top man. Thanks
1: so much, mate. All the best. Next, Take wish. care. Cheers. Bye bye.
0: bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, thanks to Owen there. What a, what a nice chat. Well, we've got opinions from both sides. Uh, we've got opinions from the newspaper and opinions from the radio. Um, I still can't believe he's there. I really, really can't. Um, I'm going to be back tomorrow night at nine o'clock with Talking to Vets player Steve Lynix. And also, of course, Brad with the Prediction League. And then we've got a bit of a quiz going on on Wednesday. So join us for that. Thank you very much. Please do subscribe uh, to the channel if you haven't already. It really is much appreciated. Uh, We're trying to get to 1500. Um, Don't think it will happen before the World Cup. But it would be beautiful and amazing if we did. Uh, And if you are already subscribed, please smash that lights button and don't forget we also have a radio station now as well uh mixcloud.com forward slash ltid radio mixcloud like i said all one word so mixcloud.com forward slash ltid radio or you can go on to uh, the, our website which is lester forward slash Radio. And my, my, my mind went then. My mind went then. Hello, <laughs> uh, somebody say, hey, Rogers for the England job. He's Northern Irish. Don't know whether they'd give it to him or not. Um, it would get him off our back, wouldn't it? it would, <laughs> definitely. Anyway, thanks very much, guys. Uh, not all doom and gloom. This time next week, it might be, though, we've got Forest coming up. And... Um, <sighs> No, I'm not even going there. All the best. and Thank you to to, to Owen for coming on. Great, great guy. And thanks for giving up his personal time. I will see you tomorrow night at night. In fact, tomorrow night at six o'clock. Check out um, Dugout Football Channel. We're going to be having a bit of fun. We're going to be rating the World Cup shirts. And apart from England's, I haven't seen any yet. So that's going to be interesting. Going to be a laugh. And we're gonna disagree. That's the three things that are guaranteed. And then at nine o'clock, we have got the prediction show with Steve Linex, the X Fox. Take care, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for joining in. And if you're on the podcast, thank you very much for lending me your ears. Good night now. And tell what I'll press the right one. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) for watching Lester till I die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. This week's episode has come to an end, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time.
0: I to like them too or I'll be fucked.
1: Leicester Till I Die TV. They think it's all over. It is now.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participate in restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.